Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing here on the 6th of May. We come live to you at 8 a.m. every single morning on the New Zealand Sports Radio. It's your best way to start the day up to date with all of the important sports news. And in news today, English football in a £200 million hole. The Warriors hit the ground running. Australians to the rescue. We have a new All Blacks captain. Uh, and the Tour de France, a dates move yet again. Straight into that football news. And in football, uh, all over in the UK, there have been a series of discussions with Parliament about the state of different sports. Uh, rugby union was there, as was football, uh, cricket, um, and a few, uh, sports, sports UK and sports England. Um, and during that, it came out that um, the English Football League club, so that's the, that's the group beneath the Premiership, could be facing a two hundred million pound hole by September. That is an awful lot of money. Um, and uh, the threat of relegation for the top flight, uh, if that's removed, that'll be very messy as well, because that means obviously those teams at the top of the, the English um, Football League who have invested to get promotion um, and the extra cash that happens in the Premier League would not may not get promoted. Um, the And so there is an awful lot of problems there uh, at that level. Um, it's been known that level does run, um, how's the word, uh, close to the wire for a number of years. Uh, uh, trying to keep up with the Premiership, uh, and um, that is obviously causing a lot of those clubs uh, problems. And it's unknown as to quite how many of the clubs will go under. And it was interesting to see that it was how many, not if. Um, there, um, the uh, the PFA or the Players Football Association have come out uh, and suggested that football the the the, the, the um, halves could be less than forty five minutes each. Um, because of the number of games uh, that are going to, they're going to try and fit in. Um, Premier League says it's not uh, that the idea is not on the table. Um, so interesting there that the Players Association and the league have different views. We've seen that before, haven't we, in a number of different sports. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But um, a lot of concern around player welfare 
obviously um, in from from the PFA. And that is the football news for today. I'm going to hand you over to Arshwin for our cricket update. Good morning, Paul, and good morning, listeners and viewers out there. Now, um, just correcting that, it's actually New Zealanders to the rescue. Sorry if I gave that to you wrong, Paul. Um, actually, so Brendan McCullum is basically calling for greater New Zealand involvement in the Big Bash. Signs being positive in Australia for some sort of cricket season, if not a full cricket season, um, sort of formulating uh, for this coming summer. They're quite optimistic even for the World T20 and with India series looking pretty strong to happen as well. Brendan McCullum is saying, well, it's going to be difficult to get overseas players into the Australian Big Bash due to quarantining or just approval from governments. So let's look at getting the New Zealanders over there and more of them playing in their Big Bash teams as the overseas professional. The the idea might hit a snag, though, because NZC is looking to supercharge their own Super Smash. It's just super everywhere, isn't it? And this to include the Black Caps players. Now, it's going to be difficult to get international teams coming to New Zealand. Again, the same reasons as Australia, looking at those quarantines and government approvals. And so NZC is looking to do some supercharged Super Smash series as well as some internal sort of north-south type clashes as well. And if they go ahead, then... NZC would be a bit sort of hesitant to allow New Zealand players to go play in the Australian Big Bash. Anyway, we'll see how that all unfolds over the coming months. And as Paul has alluded to, last year, uh, last year, last night, our time, the in England, they had a meeting for COVID-19 Sports Cultural Committee and England cricket was there, and they have basically tabled that they will be losing £380 million if this season doesn't go ahead at all. So they're asking for the committee to loosen some of the government restrictions, allowing them to play sport, play the game behind closed doors. You can see with those numbers being bandied around why the ECB is desperate to have some cricket happen this summer, English summer. They've even spoken to Ireland to move their series, which was due for September, to a bit earlier, allowing for Australia to have a hastily arranged um, tour in that September window to sort of further open those coffers or fill the coffers, I should say. And just an FYI for tomorrow night's Swinging from the Hips show, we're hoping to get a guest on Tosif Sati from Taz Cricket. Now, he's quite versed, well-versed, I should say, in Pakistani cricket, and we'd like to get his view and what's happening there, particularly in light of what appears to be on the surface a rather harsh penalty handed down to Umar Akmal for his indiscretion. So stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get that locked in today, and that'll be Tosif Sadi from Taz Cricket just filling us in on how Pakistani cricket works and the cogs. That's our news, cricket news for today, Paul. Thank you very much, Ashwin, and I'm going to hand you straight over to Stephen, who will take us through our birthday for today. Good morning, Paul, and uh, good morning, everybody out there. Just the one birthday this morning. Eric Gordon-Murray, born the 6th of May 1982, is a retired New Zealand rower and gold medalist at the 2012 London Olympic Games, as well as at the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Olympic Games. He won four consecutive World Rowing Championship gold medals and set two world best times. In 2009, he teamed up with Hamish Bond in the men's Coxless Pier, a partnership that would see the dynamic duo win seven world titles and two Olympic goals. In 2013, 
New Year's honours. Murray was appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Rowing. In 2018, the International Rowing Federation awarded Murray and Bond the Thomas Keller Medal for their outstanding international rowing career. It is the sport's highest honour and is awarded within five years of the athlete's retirement, acknowledging an exceptional rowing career and exemplary sportsmanship. Well, the big man who stands at six foot five is 38 today, and what a dynamic duo they were. Hamish Bond, of course, a little bit shorter at one meter 89. I think that works up to six foot two, but they knew how to pull it together when they uh, jumped on a rowing skit. That's the uh, birthday for today. A very happy birthday to Eric Murray. Thank you very much, Stephen, for that. And moving on to um, rugby news. Uh, and uh, on two days ago now, um, unfortunately, uh, former All Black and Marlborough Red Devils legend Alan Sutherland um, passed away in South Africa. Um, he was 76. He used to play eight and lock. Um, and he played 64 games for the All Blacks, including 10 tests. And he went on to uh, captain the All Blacks three times. Um, he was part of a famous um, Marlborough team that uh, won the Ranfurly Shield uh, away from Canterbury back in 1973. The Marlborough province now obviously has been merged to create the Tasman province. Uh, but yes, a famous um, player um, for Marlborough. Uh, and uh, we, um, our thoughts are with his um, family, uh, to um, with with his passing. Uh, and on a side note, it is not COVID related. Um, keeping in South Africa, um, and the uh, All Blacks versus Springboks test this year was supposed to be taking place. And here we are. We're going to change challenge Paul's uh, um, pronunciations yet again in the Mombella Stadium in Nelsprit, uh, which is a small, one of the smaller province of uh, rugby provinces in South Africa. And they've said that this is a life or death um, for the hosts. Uh, we'll lose millions um, if this doesn't go ahead. Even if it goes ahead behind closed doors, it'll be, uh, um, it could help the union survive, they say. Um, so um, uh, it is a, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, the British and Irish Lions are also expect uh, are also scheduled to go and play South Africa A in 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 that's in the same um, place and the Mumalanga Union um, will be hosting them. Now the reason for that is that it is on the doorstep of Kruger National Park, and so a lot of the visitors um, will be going over there to do to, to see that. Um, I'm guessing um, that uh, this. Um, uh, All Blacks uh, game was going to be a bit of a warm-up for when the Lions arrived next year as a tester. Um, they have a 41,000-seater stadium, so even the smaller unions have big stadiums available to them, um, which is quite impressive over there in South Africa, uh, but we'll see how that one pans out. Finally, the big news from yesterday is that Sam Kane has been named as the new All Blacks captain by Ian Foster. Um, he succeeds uh, Kieran Reid. Uh, and I'll be honest, back in 2015, when he captained the All Blacks against, I believe it was Namibia, at the Rugby World Cup, it was then that I thought he had been earmarked to be Kieran Reid's um, successor um, in four years' time. And that they were, and that long-term planning that we talk about with the All Blacks 
um, was in place there. There has been rumours or, or discussion recently with us whether Sam Whitelock would take over, um, but uh, no, Sam Kane has uh, taken the reins. A couple of people asking about the, the timing of it um, with the All Blacks not playing for a long time, potentially even up to a year, um, if you think about it. I think they will probably play towards the end of this year, but um, the outside um, date would be that would, would be longer. Um, but clearly, Ian Foster wants to um, provide some leadership for the team in what is turbulent times for a lot of the players, asking to be taking pay cuts um, and have other things on the line. So, yeah, congratulations to Sam Kane, um, who has been announced as the new All Blacks captain. And I'll hand you back to Stephen for updates on Rugby League. Thanks again, uh, Paul. In league news this morning, the Warriors needed special government exemption to get in the country, but are now the first NRL side to hit the training paddock, being put through their paces with military precision yesterday. While NRL rivals are due back for physical training on Wednesday, the Warriors quarantine camp in Tamworth has already swung into gear at Scully Park. Stephen Kearney's squad was split into four groups and shuttled through the field and gym sessions with as little contact with each other as possible. Captain Roger Tuivasa Sheik reported that most of the players were blowing hard after their first training hit out. It ran pretty smoothly. We all trained in our groups today, Tuivasa Sheik said. The Warriors' arrival in Tamworth has seen local rugby league roll out the red carpet for the Kiwi side, affectionately rebranding them the Tamworth Warriors for their two-week stint in country New South Wales. Now, not going so good at the minute are the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm's preparations to restart the 2020 season have been dealt a big blow with the NRL club barred from using council facilities in Albury. Now, Albury is on the border of New South Wales and Victoria and around 400 k's from Sydney. The decision was reached after the Albury City Council held a general meeting on Tuesday evening to discuss whether the storm would be allowed to use the town as a training base due to Melbourne's current COVID-19 lockdown laws. With the councillors voting 5-4, to four, the storm will now train at the ground privately owned by the Albury Tigers, a local Australian AFL team. A spokesperson for the council said allowing the storm to use the council's facilities would be a slap in the face to the rest of the community given the strict lockdown laws in place. This is an unacceptable double standard that this proposal provides our community. Many of our residents have made tremendous sacrifices to keep the infection rate so low. People have lost their jobs, people have lost their businesses, people are unable to participate in their own community sport. They're unable to attend weddings and funerals and it's a slap in the face to the people who have been doing the right thing for weeks to elbow 50 people from Melbourne to come to use our public facilities with the same rules not applying to them. And finally, the presence of the storm being in the town also raised the risk of infection within the community. So there we have it. Not everybody completely happy about some of these NRL teams uh, dropping into their little outback towns. And that's the league news for today. I'll be back tomorrow with more. On, yeah, yeah wanna... just, 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 just in light of what Steve's just finished there with the, um, the community sort of not exactly a hundred percent on board with the league sites. I actually had this exact same scenario on my Facebook feed last night and uh, yesterday, sorry, not last night, but um, and it went, it was long and it was actually numerous in terms of the number of people that sort of saying, well, hang on, we've got all these people in lockdown. People can't go to funerals, can't go to see loved ones who are part, you know. 
a terminal with cancer and the like, and yet we can have these sports stars um, going over to um, play sport and where's the priorities and where's the community sort of safety element. So um, it's, it's not unanimous in terms of all the um, the community wanting to see sports start up or, or giving special prefer preferential treatment. Ashwin, I was going to say, you can see the other difference though with, with Tamworth. They've pretty, pretty much opened uh, with opening arms the, the Warriors in their town and it's given the town a little bit of a, a spark, if you know what I mean. So that's the the other side to the story. So I maybe there's opportunities there as well. But hey, listen, every little town is in in pretty much entitled to their, their own guidelines. Okay. So it's a it's 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 a real interesting one. But you know, it sets to me the question of whether this the state start date of May twenty eighth really will happen. Now, I, I, I didn't get involved in the pile-on, but I, I, I agree with Tamworth, the city of Tamworth, in terms of the fact is that sport's always been there to lift the morale of people. You know, whether it's, you know, the success or just the sport that takes place, it does lift the morale of a community, and um, Tamworth's showing that. Absolutely. And you've got to remember, also, they are going to isolation for 14 days before um, these things. Uh, if you had to try and do that for... Um, for funerals or weddings, I'm not sure if, if, if the logistics are possible for those sort of events, whereas logistics are possible for this. But as you say, that's a rabbit hole that we perhaps don't want to go down in too deep. <laughs> in the sports on a, briefing. On a, in our sports <laughs> briefing. Moving on to America's Cup news and another sport that's taking a bit of a risk because the United States challenger American Magic um, has put its yacht into a container um, and has started to, and has shipped it over and, um, to New Zealand. It will arrive here in about 35 days, um, at which point they're hoping that their that their sailors can follow. Um, and will they get special dispensation to get into New Zealand um, to do that? Uh, they have got some staff already here in New Zealand, um, but uh, say they're looking that they, they they have put their boat um, into a container. They believe that with the cancellation of um, two events in Europe, that actually. The best place to be is in New Zealand and testing under New Zealand conditions. We heard the other day that Luna Rosa, the Italian um, syndicate, is testing in Italy and they're looking at staying there and doing that and then moving over later. The British syndicate um, is at the moment, it has a boat at the moment in Portsmouth and they're weighing up whether which routes to take. Will they send the boats to New Zealand and all their staff here um, and to uh, and train here or will they continue their development, development and training in Portsmouth? Um, at the moment, they're weighing that one up. Um, with those cancellations of those um, those events and it going straight just to the main event in uh, the, the latter part of this year, the struggling Californian syndicate Stars and Stripes um, may be able to make it now that those that now they don't have to have the ex extra expense of those um, events in Europe. Uh, you would have to say that we in in a, in, a, in a sport that is so technically based and so uh, research driven, um, the chances of them actually winning it would be pretty slim. But you never know, um, and we may have an extra challenger for the America's Cup. Moving on to Formula One news, and uh, they have we announced yesterday that they were look, discussing 145 million salary cap. That has now been reduced 130 million over the next three years. Um, the teams have to go away and um, discuss this before voting on the proposals. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how they go. There's a bunch of details around that. Um, uh, and uh, the, the, it's not just simply a number, but there's certain amounts for aerodynamics and for other sorts of um, costings. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether the teams will agree with that or not. Um, 
The Tour de France now um, looks like its date uh, will start now on the 29th of August. We had said that it was due to start at the uh, the end of July, um, but um, with all major events in France cancelled until the end of July, that would have meant about a three-day um, overlap. Um, so it looks like they will, yeah, the Tour de France will now take place from the 29th um, of uh, July through till the 20th of September. This means that the Giro d'Italia and the Valletta Espana will overlap um, with the Giro d'Italia looking to run between the 3rd and the 25th of October and the Valletta Espana between the 20th and the 8th of November. Um, that's Those are the three biggest, although those are the three grand tours of the season um, and uh, it's unprecedented for them to overlap like that, or at least in recent memory. Um, clearly, that's going to impact the fields because not only are they have, will, will they have just finished um, the Tour de France on the 20th of September, so um, only, um, what is that, only about uh, 10 to 15 days before the Giro d'Italia starts, um, but uh, there are also those two overlapping. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of fields they can put together. Um, we've still got to wait to see um, be, um, about the uh, when Stradivianchi will take place, when the five monuments will take place, um, what's going to happen to the road championships, etc. So um, a lot of uh, things could change over the next um, next short while on the uh, in cycling. Um, but uh, clearly, they're starting to get some sort of it looks like it's get some sort of semblance as to what the end of the season is going to look like. And then finally, boys, um, we've had stories of uh, soccer players and we've had stories of league players um, uh, breaking social distancing rules. But the NFL, uh, or in particular, Rokan Smith takes the biscuit. He has been seen and he has taken photos of himself and put it on social media um, that's, uh, of him partying with a porn star on a boat um, and a number of other girls as well. So, boys, um, the, anything we can, uh, anything you can do, we can do bigger and better is the, is the message from the States there with that one. Um, I don't know if you've seen the photos of um, Rockham Smith hanging out with um, and having bottles of champagne poured down his throat. Uh, it seems like it's party, party time over there. He is obviously... Um, Cap, uh, got a lot of uh, negative press about this. Uh, he's a linebacker. I think it was for the uh, um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So clearly, um, as Hugh says in the chat, it's a tough life for some. Um, that uh, means you have now started the day the best way, up to date with all the important sports news. Don't forget, we had this evening. We have um, do you know sports at eight pm, um, and then tomorrow evening, as Arthur said. We're hopefully looking to get a special guest in for the Swinging from the Hip, our cricket show, at 8 p.m. tomorrow morning. Sorry, tomorrow evening. Um, today at 2 p.m., um, we have got our long talk, and we uh, a special one. We have two guests on today. We have the Hawks Bay head coach and assistant coach um, for that discussion at 2 o'clock today. So that's um, that'll be an absolute treat. And don't forget, obviously, we'll be back at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning with the morning sports briefing here on the live on the Facebook page. Or you can listen as you go about your daily chores uh, on iTunes, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio or Acast and all your favorite um, pod catchers. 
um, as well if you prefer to listen rather than watch. Thank you very much, Ashwin and Stephen, for joining me. Thank you very much for everyone who has supported the show over supported the channel over our first month of existence. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 